All right, here is shot one in our first episode, our first uh, podcast, I guess, together. Um, trying to help businesses that are developing software or leveraging software. Um, you know, we both obviously deal with a lot of challenges that business have in this, uh, in this area. So let's try to um, talk about specific challenges and help um, you know, help businesses deal with these specific challenges in the difficult software development field. Um, so today, let's start with a question, which is what is one of the fundamental issues that you see um, happen in software projects? All right. So one of the most common challenges that happens, and it could also be one of the most destructive challenges to a product, is when you really lose sight of what you're there to do. Um, and I think that there's really two parts of that. There's the part of who's using the software and why they're using the software. Um, when those things kind of lose focus and you start to just develop requirements based off what sounds interesting or what comes in first into your head, I think that's where a lot of projects derail or go ridiculously over budget or are just unsuccessful because they're just never able to be completed or get to a level of completion where they become useful. Okay, so, so let's expand that a little because my first reaction is that, like how do you lose sight of the who or why you're building something like shouldn't that be an obvious part of any software project like you're building this you started building or developing something because of a reason how do we all of a sudden not end up doing that yeah so i mean i guess i i can't really talk to why it happens um i think that most people once you explain to them kind of what's going on you know, they, it, it's, it's an easy concept to understand and it's a hard concept to actually implement. Um, it's very easy to get what they call shiny metal syndrome and get excited by, you know, delving too deep into a specific feature which may not be relevant. Um, or in general, when it comes to decision making, just not making the decisions in the most ideal way. So I don't know that it's necessarily something that's difficult for people to relate to or understand. I think it's just something which is very easy to get distracted by. Okay, so um, I mean, maybe let's go through an example maybe of this yeah. happening because it sounds a little abstract still. Yeah, so I give a few examples um, and a few different parts of uh, different angles of a product. So um, I think one of the simplest ones to, to for people to relate to is I was once uh, I was once in a meeting with, you know, the decision makers on the product and the UI designer. And this was early on in the UI process and they pulled up two totally different design concepts. Um, one concept was very professional and the other concept was very warm, very uh, evoked a lot of emotion, a lot of, you know, feelings of comfort. Both nice concepts, but just totally different feelings. And the UI designer, you know, posed a question to, to the decision makers, you know, which one do you think is a better fit for, for your application? 
and there were multiple decision makers, multiple stakeholders in the room, and each one started giving their opinion. And I was just sitting there like a fly on the wall, and I said, let's, let's stop this. Shut the screen. We had a big screen up. We're in a conference room, you know, big screen. Everyone's looking at the two concepts side by side. And I said, shut the screen for a second. I said, in a second, I'm going to open the screen on the first concept, and I want you to write down the first three words that come into your mind. I want you to write it down. Okay, did that. And then we repeated that with the second concept. So now everyone had a list of, you know, six words. And I said, okay, let's put that paper on the side. I said, now let's go back to our app. Let's go to the user. Let's go to why they're here. Um, let's talk about what the user is trying to accomplish. In this case, they're trying to find a, a service that was very personal, service that related to their, um, to their parents. Um, and if we look at the kind of feelings that people are thinking about and when users are looking for that type of service, what's important to them? Um, and so we started to create some adjectives around that, around what this person would be thinking about when they're, when they're, when they're trying to find suitable services for their parents. Um, and then we pulled out those two, con those two lists of words and we said, okay, now let's look which one matches better with the persona with the person who, who's trying to, who's try, who we're trying to influence to make this purchase decision. Well, what were some of those words? Give context. Um, so I, I, I don't remember necessarily the words off the top of my head, the exact words, but like I said, one of the concepts and the words which people, you know, thought of related to it were very professional, um, like organized or sorry probably like organized or i'm trying to think what goes yeah, organized professional clean um you know the, uh, those types of words uh the other one the concepts we were getting were like trustworthy um caring like i remember specifically one of the details from the second design concept was these was an elderly woman and her daughter, what one would assume is her daughter, and like they were looking at each other. And it was like evident like how they were looking at each other. The other one was like a, a, someone standing behind an elderly person and the elderly person's looking there and the person who's supposedly taking care of the elderly person's looking the other direction. And so it, it was, you know, those, those two concepts came out. And, and in reality, in reality, um, for, this, for this business to service, it wasn't just, you know, warmth is not enough. Caring is not enough. Um, professionalism is very important. Experience is very important. Trustworthiness is very important. So it wasn't like, you know, this concept rejected and that concept accepted. Um, but it was definitely the decision-making process now in terms of, what colors we used, what types of elements we used. Um, the general flow of the website had to incorporate both of those feelings. So I had to be that, number one, I'm gonna trust this organization, but not only that I'm gonna trust their professionalism, that I'm gonna trust them on an emotional level also. Um, so that, that, that's an example from a UI perspective. Okay, so let me, let me, let me, sorry to interject. Let me, if I had to wrap that up, you're saying that there was two, um, design aspects presented, two options presented, and both of them 
it wasn't like one design was bad and one and one design was good. There were both designs that were done well that gave off certain, um, you know, feelings or or beliefs. But the the problem was that when the decision makers were discussing which one to go to, they weren't asking why do we want either one here. They were just saying which one do we like, right? Is that that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that really sums it up very well. That again, it's not. It's about how are you making your decisions? And those decisions have to be driven by the why. And I think that's where it's easy to get distracted and say, hey, I like that color, I like that picture, and just totally lose focus of why you like that picture. And it's actually, it's interesting because it's, it's, a, it's interesting because when you go and you sell it to people, you're saying you like that design concept, or you're saying we need this feature. And you, all you say to them is, why do we need it? it's interesting to see how difficult it is for people to answer that yeah. and how much it, how much it, it, um, it exercises their brain. I mean, I, I've literally sat in meetings for two hours straight going for, for requirement gathering. And at the end of the meeting, people tell me, you just took me through a harder workout than I've ever been in my life. Just because again, I'm doing it to protect their interest, to protect their investment. Um, and get them the best product. But yeah, it takes a lot to really dig into why we're making decisions. Um, so that, that, that's an example from a UI perspective. And I think it plays out in other areas of our product as well. Okay, so, so let's go through some other examples. Because I think on design level, it's kind of, um, I, 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 got, I get it on a design level, see it maybe on you know, other, other levels of a software project. Okay. Example. So I'll give you another example that this is more from a technical decision perspective um, where there was a, the, the, this was a company that actually already contracted with a development firm and they called me in because the development firm wasn't, uh, wasn't delivered, they weren't actually, meaning they were delivering product, but for some reason the product just was never launchable so they called us into you know kind of evaluate the situation give our opinion on it and we started from the beginning of you know why they were developing this this application and how it was going to be used and and all these different you know conversations we had and throughout those conversations um you know one of the things we did was we discussed specific requirements how users are going to be notified of things how users are going to interact with the application and it became evident that what they were working on didn't require any native functionality um, on a mobile device so typically in, in development there's multiple different ways that you can make a mobile experience for, for your users, um, which in almost all cases is very important today. Uh, but there's different ways to go about that and they have their, each has their constraints. Can you, can um, you give a 30 second um, explanation of, you know, maybe a sure. two common ways and what's advantages each way? Sure, so I'll, I'll give you the examples that are relevant for this specific scenario also that um, essentially, one of the, if we think about like most of the apps that we have on our mobile devices, they're what called native apps. Um, so what that means is that they are they're able to 
have they're they're saved locally on your on your device, and they're able to um, they're able to function within the software the pre-existing software capabilities on the device. So if you think about, um, for example, you have and usually it's it's preempted by a uh, setting that you have to give the app permission to do so, but to know your location, um, to uh, have access to your contacts, uh, to have access to your um, to have access to your your calendar at times. So other applications that exist within the device. Um, the the application in order to be able to interact with your mobile device with your phone on that level. Um, for example, the Sea location it has to be a native app where it is um, native, where it is in on the phone itself. Yes, yeah, so I'd rather not get into specifics of which ones require to be native and which ones don't. I'm just saying um, that's the app, that's you're saying that's the idea of a native app where it's on the device itself. Right, because that that's complex in its own right, but. Um, but the, the point is that, that that's what that's the most uh, integrated way of development. Okay. Um, and then there's a less integrated way, which is what we call progressive web app, which is essentially where there are certain uh, certain aspects of the app that are living natively on the device, but the majority of it is not. The majority of it is cloud-based. Um, and the advantage, well, not, not the advantage, but the use case of that is when you don't need such heavy integration with the actual core functionality of the device or with other apps on the device. Um, and the opportunity that it brings to companies is that it's significantly cheaper to develop um, and you don't have to develop for the two large mobile platforms, iOS and Android. You could, you could develop once essentially, or for the most part. Okay, so you're saying the way it works is, is if not on the device itself, rather I am reaching out the same way when I go on the internet from my from my phone. I, it, the internet, obviously, the web page is not on my phone itself. I am reaching out into the cloud or whatever you want, um, whatever part we're connecting to. That's what a that's what a progressive web app is essentially doing. Well, without getting too tacky, yeah, that's that's the basic concept. I mean, it it, it really. The whole concept of connecting to the internet is going to be a little bit more expensive than. Uh, Let's not talk about that here. Then you're getting the time allotted to me, but uh, but but yeah, let's just call it that simply. So, what what became evident very early in on the conversation is that there were no functionalities within this app that they were building that would require it to be native. Um, and so, what happened? They they had built this app in a native way. Correct. Correct. And they had only built it, I don't recall if they had only built it for iOS or Android, but they had only built it for one. Okay. Um, so essentially they were shutting out a huge pool of users. Um, they had invested significant sums of money into building a native app. And, uh, and in addition, I mean, the type of talent that you need to build a native app is, is totally different than a progressive web app. Um, and so there was a lot of wasted money. They cut out a bunch of people and it just didn't align with what they needed. It, when you look through their requirements, there was no reason to take that technical path. Um, so that's an example of where, you know, a technology decision 
that loses focus on who's using it and how, why they're using it, how they're going to use it, um, just goes totally off the rails. Okay, so if I, I would take going from the other example, just to put it in, uh, to bring it over here, the same way when deciding, um, you know, which design concept to go with, we should ask why, you know, why are we, why do we want one concept over the other, meaning what emotion or what result do we want from this? You're saying over here, when we're deciding what technology, um, uh, whatever uh, technology path we should take, the question should be why one over the other and understand, okay, do we need the capabilities of a native app or do we not? Why do we need it? Why don't we need it? And then that helps you make that decision of which path to take. Sure, yeah, exactly. Um, and then I'll give you a third example. Uh, well, before let's get oh. a third example, I want to just understand, like, obviously there's, there's probably no uh, one answer over here, but it, do you think people are, are not making, are, are not asking the question why, or do you think um, they're making the wrong decision based on not understanding themselves what they want? Meaning, is it, is it nobody thought about which technology stack we should take? It just, oh, okay, we want, we want, uh, you know, we want an app, so let's build it in iOS, or is it they thought about it and they somehow made the wrong choice? Well, I think that one of the challenges with, with software products is that you typically have multiple stakeholders who have multiple different interests and multiple different decision-making processes. Um, and I think that having a central person who's able to understand and bind them all together is very important. So. I mean, when we talk from the perspective of the business owner or the business user, the person who's, who's influencing the requirements from that angle, their perspective of the product is strictly on what I need, what I think I need, or, or kind of what, what makes sense to me to need, or maybe even what I've seen a competitor do. Um, from a development angle, it's strictly, you know, like, I mean, it's not a, a developer, a good developer is making decisions based off of, you know, looking at what the business requirements look like. And, um, okay, I'm going to have to go back on this one. Okay, go back. May I, I want to understand, I guess, like, why is this happening? To me, it seems like the second you think about it for a minute, it becomes an obvious decision over here. Like if there's no gain, if there's no need for the benefits that a native app provides, so then why would the decision to go native ever happen? How does that happen? Like, how does that, how does this result come about? So I think it, I think it happens in, it could happen in a few ways. A few ways that I see it playing out. Um, one way is that there's just a miscommunication. So the development team doesn't understand what the, the business requirements are really trying to accomplish. So just to give you an, an example of that, right? Like there's two ways that I could write a requirement. I could either say, I need to get a push notification from my, from, from my app that this and this product has become available. Right? So 
the developer goes and he says, okay, in order to do that, we need to use this stack and we need to, we need to develop like this. Um, then there's another way of writing a requirement as the user needs to be notified when this and this happens. Now that, that's a much more generic requirement, but the result is the same. The result is that if the user is notified in an effective manner, then the user has that information of whatever they're trying to be notified about and we're able to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. So that's one way where the, where the requirements are written very much as to, and how, as opposed to what we're trying to accomplish, which could lead a developer to make a wrong decision or not the best decision, let's put it that way. Um, and then I think that there's another way, which is even a, a similar concept, but it's even a step earlier. Um, it's where the business owner doesn't understand why they're making that decision. So, or, or not necessarily the business owner, the stakeholder who's, who you're gathering the requirements from. It's where they don't necessarily understand what they're trying to accomplish. So, if we, if we look kind of at that same example again about notifying the customer, and the, 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 and, and the business owner or the, the stakeholder says, you know, the requirements is that they, they get notified via push notification. And at that point we tell them, why is it important that they get notified via push notification? And they say it's important because we've seen that when we notify people of, of uh, product coming back into stock, there's this percentage chance that they'll go in and make that purchase now. And we say, and why is that important? And we say, because we have this type of abandoned cart level and it costs us money to acquire users. And this is a way to lower our acquisition cost by having more of those people convert. And we go through this entire process in, in order to um, really understand why we're trying to develop this requirement of notifying people. And what it results in is what is the most effective way to notify someone of this item coming back into stock? What is the most effective way to do that within the constraints of budget, within the constraints of whatever we're developing on? Um, and in a way that's going to actually have that effect. So if we're able with the same, with a, with a, lo with a lower spend, a more economical way, if we're able to obtain that same increased conversion rate by notifying someone that something's coming back in stock, by developing less, then that's what we're gonna do, right? If there's no, the advantage to developing in a, in, a, in a more complex way is only if the business result is gonna increase. So just in this context again, if we saw that by sending a text message, we're able to increase conversion on these abandoned carts, that's if we're able to recover 14% of them, right? And by sending push notification, we're able to recover 20%. So there is a delta and, and push notification is, is, is a more effective way of doing it, right? Now we look at, okay, what's the value of that 6% over any given period of time? So if we're looking to recoup the investment over a year, let's say, right? What's the, what's the, what's the gain of that 6%? in a quantifiable way and in a qualifiable way. So it's not just, okay, I got another $200,000 in sales, 
But then there's also the angle that when people know that this is a store which gets its item back in stock quickly, they're more likely to make another purchase, right? So that's not that, that technically it's quantitative because you could also run all those numbers, but it, it becomes a lot more of a gray area quantitatively. Um, so, but essentially if that can be justified, then yeah, let's go for the extra spend and let's do it. But if it can't be justified to get you a positive return on investment, then don't go down that route. It doesn't make sense for your product. Okay, so, so uh, sorry to interrupt. Let me get this straight. You're saying that a uh, um, requirement can be, you know, um, let's say with this example, push notifications, it could be uh, whatever, not commanded, but the stakeholder could request a certain requirement. Um, and again, obviously a requirement that makes sense, a push notification may um, result in the result that they want and the goal that they want that more people will purchase, um, you know, more abandoned carts will end up actually purchasing. Um, but never a question of why we should do it this way versus the other way. Why should we should do a push notification versus, uh, I forgot your other example, uh, SMS or email. Yeah. Yeah. So, so therefore this decision ends up being made that, okay, we're doing push notifications because we never asked why we should do it that way and why we can't do another way that may make more sense. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think the why starts even earlier. The why starts, why are we even notifying people? Okay, fine. I'm saying if, if uh, just to make it simple, if we establish that we want to notify people because we want to convert um, on people that have abandoned cart, now let's ask, okay, how are we going to do this? Why are we doing it one way versus the other? Right, meaning which way is going to get us closer to our goal and at what cost? They're both going right. to get us closer to our goal, but which one's going to get us closer to the goal at a better ROI? And so to bring it back to the other example, just to tie this all together, you're saying that in the case of developing the native app versus a progressive web app, they both obviously can get um, a goal. I mean, if their goal was to allow people to use their service or use their product through their phone, through their tablet, through whatever device they have. So then both a native app and a progressive app was going to accomplish that, but there was no question asked of why should we do one over the other? And therefore they took one path that ended up not making as much sense and ended up being much more costly. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I just, uh, let me make sure I get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. So, so, I guess let's let's see where we're up to. We're saying that the 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 issue that you're seeing that we see in software projects is not that well let's not go with not that the issue we're seeing is that people don't ask or don't make decisions of why we're choosing one path versus the other or if there is even other paths, I guess. But there's no there's no question asked of why are we taking a certain path based on our goal. So if our goal is to look trustworthy, we should have a design that looks trustworthy, not, not just uh, professional. Or if our goal is to allow uh, users to order, um, to use our service through their device, then okay, why should we use native versus not? People aren't asking these questions and that results in uh, requirements or in features being built in a way that doesn't perfectly align with their goal or maybe isn't the ideal way of... Yes, yeah. so I think... I think one of the issues is developing, but then I think that there's another issue, which is overdevelopment. Um, any product that I've ever touched has budget and timeline constraints. No one's ever told me, here's a blank checkbook and uh, come back when you're, when you're bored. 
when you're right. doing development, right? So I think like, it's not just about getting stuff right because if you get stuff wrong, it's not gonna be the most ideal way. It's also how smart are you spending your money? How smart are you spending your time, right? Everything is out there for an ROI of some sort. And these decisions are gonna influence that. Right, right. So I guess, again, tie back to examples because for me, it's very easy to understand things within a, you know, a concrete example. I'm assuming this project that, that's uh, building this native app doesn't have an unlimited budget. And therefore, if it's going to cost them um, whatever amount of money to build something in a, native, in a native language and they're only able to build it now for iOS, now they are limited that they can't build it for, you know, for the Android market till they now have more budget for that if, if they ever have that budget. So making that decision of going native versus progressive actually really affects their ROI because now they can't, they, can't use, they can't target half their users. Right, right. So exactly to that point. Like, and, and I think that gets into the quantitative analysis part again where like even if we would have come to the conclusion that native was the better way to go, the question is, is it better at the expense of cutting off whatever percentage of mobile users are using Android, or is the gain from building something out a little bit less um, user-friendly or, or ideal, but the gain in having a wider market is going to be worth more? And there's not, it's not a yes, it's not a right or wrong answer across the board. Every scenario needs to be quantitative and qualitatively analyzed to make these decisions. Um, and again, I don't think that the skill set is necessarily in terms of, I, I think it's a lot like, like a physical workout, you know. Thank God uh, most of the world's able to walk, most of the world's able to jump and run. Um, but then you see a, a, an Olympic athlete who's, who's able to run 25 miles or, or whatever they're able to do. And it's not a matter that, of, it, it's just a matter of they've, they've exercised their body, they've gone through this process so many times that to them, this is, it's something that they're just better at than other people. And so I don't think that like, when we come into a project, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room. I don't think that it's, that I come in with some magic power that no one else is gonna do. It's just really about experience and about having gone through this exercise so many times that it just changes the way that, that you think. Right, you're saying it's not a natural uh, talent or some high level IQ required here, just exercising your mind to think in a certain way that you constantly are asking, why are we doing this? Why does this, is this the ideal choice? Right, and, and I, think, I think the proof of that is, is that countless times we've gone into meetings with clients and um, or, or products or clients, forget about a single meeting, and we'll come in and we'll get a lot of pushback in this initial way of thinking. Um, and by several meetings in, it's like, you know, one stakeholder will suggest a certain requirement and everyone will just pounce on the guy and just attack the guy. Like, why are we doing that? How does that get us closer to our goal? So it's, just, it's a total mind shift in the way that you think. Right. It's always, it's always fun when we, when that finally happens, it's like, okay, like, you know, we made progress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. So um, I think that, uh, I think that sums up this, uh, you know, this concept pretty well. Um, 
I, uh, it's nice interviewing you instead of acting like I know what I'm talking about. It's nice uh, trying to think the other way around and, uh, and constantly ask you questions. Um, and, you know, I think it really explains um, this fundamental challenge that people have, that businesses have when developing software or when leveraging software, that they do not, there's, there's no, the question why is not asked. The question of why are we doing this, should we do this, does this benefit us versus the cost is not asked enough. And that obviously results in different mistakes or inefficiencies like we, you know, like we, you spoke about with those examples. Um, people can spend more money than they have or not leverage their budget uh, perfectly. Design concepts do not fit the, the specific user. Um, so I really think that, uh, that that brought it out very well. Um, yeah, whatever. So it's fun, uh, fun doing this.